reading comes from Mark, our gospel reading, beginning in the fourth chapter, the 37th verse. It also is a familiar passage to you. I'm going to, of course, start just a little bit up from 37. On that day when the evening had come and he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat on that, and so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I am somewhat of a history nerd. I like to watch history. I like to read about history. Some of you had maybe seen this document several years ago on the History Channel. I'm sure it will come up again before Christmas if you're watching. It's the story of World War II, December 1914. If, I mean, World War I. If any of you are familiar with World War I, you know how gruesome it was. They fought in these horrible trenches just yards from each other and that center part was considered no man's land if you got out there you probably weren't coming back this story actually takes place around Flanders where you get the words Flanders feel from and here it is at Christmas When the German soldiers and the English forces chose peace. They were not ordered. In fact, their officers were very disgruntled with them, very unhappy with them. They were punished. This never happened again. It only happened in this isolated place. But they put down their weapons. They engaged one another sharing candies and stories and handshakes and well wishes on Christmas Day, 1914. In the midst of that ugly war, the Germans started singing Silent Night in German. The British forces responded with the first Noel. They chose peace in the middle of that chaos. The peace God offers us is very similar. We can choose it. God's peace can fill us and rule us in the worst circumstances, in our most painful surroundings, in our worst circumstances. You know, Christmas is usually thought of such a joyous time. 
time of happiness and joy, but for many it is a painful season. It depends on what battles you are facing, what pain is constantly bombarding you, what darkness is haunting you, that darkness against the twinkle and sparkle of the Christmas lights and decorations. Whatever your personal darkest place is, you can lean into the God with us. You can lean into the peace that is only found through Jesus Christ. Advent is that hopeful time, the hopeful time of waiting. We've talked about it for the last four weeks. It is a time that we focus on the different attributes of God. The hope, the love, the joy, the peace that comes in the form of a human, his son, Jesus. Jesus, the Emmanuel, the God with us. He is the very embodiment what we are looking for, filling us with all of that. You heard in the candle reading by Greg this morning for the Advent Candle of Hope, the very ending part of the story of the shepherds. You know, back in the day when this was the, Jesus was born, shepherds kind of got a bad rap. They were considered outcast. They had a dirty job. It was one people didn't want to go and do. They were considered kind of an unruly group, the very low of society. But not all scholars believe that. They don't think they were that unrespectable. It is the shepherds that, in fact, play a very major part in Israel's history. And the faithful Jews would have known the stories of their patriarch and their faith. They were the shepherds, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, before David was a king, who was a shepherd. The very ancestry of Jesus came from a shepherd. But by the time Jesus was born, this profession had fallen into um, very low esteem. It was considered just a menial, menial vocation. It was at the very wrong, and I have to emphasize that, because at the other end of that spectrum were the religious leaders of the day. They were somewhat smug in their moral goodness and their high positions of power. They made sure everyone stayed in their place in that caste system. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the like that were at the very top kept everyone else in descending order by putting them down. They believed 
they were the only ones that had a direct line to God. And not only a direct line to God, but they were the ones who knew exactly his purposes for everyone else's life. So shepherds weren't exactly accustomed to being contacted by angelic messengers. They didn't expect to ever hear a direct message from God from a celestial representation of light. So can you imagine their surprise on that star-filled night on the outskirts of Bethlehem when the brightest of the stars had dimmed and the sky had grown dark and that glow began to come up. The brilliant light of the heavenly host. There they were, that shepherds, out in the fields. It tells us, keeping watch over their flock at night, the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. What's going on here? And if that's not enough, the heavenly hosts were about to speak to the lowly shepherds. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. How unbelievable. That's not enough. More angels are about to appear. It says, Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those whom his favor rests. Can you imagine how unbelievable that must have been? Here were the angels making a proclamation of peace to those on whom God's favor rests. And they were addressing, making this proclamation to the lowly shepherds. Can you imagine what the shepherds were thinking? Excuse me? Are you looking for that field just over the hill? There's some people camping there. Maybe... Maybe this is meant for them. They must have thought the angels were in the wrong field. But as we know from the last couple of weeks that we've been studying, every time Gabriel shows up, it is not a mistake. It is not a mistake. God's favor was on them. And his peace was with them. And it is for us also. I've always wondered what the sheep were doing during this time. You that are uh, raised cattle and horses might have a better understanding than that than I do. But I'm always wondering, did they just uh, go about sleeping or grazing? 
when this was going on? Did they run around in chaos? Have you thought about that? And that came to mind because I watched the movie The Star, if you've ever seen it, the animation, because it's the story of the nativity from the viewpoint of the donkey and his companion, the sheep. And I just wondered, were they in chaos? Were they wondering what was happening? But we know that this was truly an encounter with God and that it didn't just happen to the shepherds. Jesus is coming. This announcement did not fit most of the models of expectations. And another thing I want to ask you, have you ever noticed that the religious elite, those who considered themselves at the top, those who were so smug, are conspicuously absent from the birth announcement. Those who considered to be the most high, holy, weren't even given a place at the stable to kneel on that holy ground. The announcement to the shepherds that God had come to be with us in the birth of the Messiah turned the system of the Roman Empire turned the caste system of Israel up on its end. It reminded people, and it reminds us today, that God's favor is not based on human standards. His favor is not those who humbly acknowledge their brokenness and they accept the gifts of hope, love, joy, and peace through our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The shepherds, the lowly shepherds are now the bearers of peace, the messengers of peace. They have come full circle this order that was present in society. Jesus' arrival meant a kind of restoration for the role of the shepherds. You know, in all of Jesus' teaching, he uses the example of shepherds as a good thing, not bad. He calls himself the good shepherd. The good shepherd who loves and cares for his sheep, who knows them by name. The restoration of wholeness and oneness with God is the very essence of the peace that he brings to us. Jesus' arrival for the shepherds marked the very starting place of peace to all those on whom his favor rests to all those whom he is present. And that includes us today. This just didn't stop back in the Bible. It's here, very present for us today. The God of peace is here for you. And peace is not based on your position, your occupation, your class, 
means nothing. He brought the good news to all of his children. He brought the great joy to all of his people. Glory to God in the highest. The Prince of Peace has come. What did that look like in history? What does it look like for us now? In the earliest of the history in the Old Testament, we read it today, when God gave the law to Moses and he was setting up the roles and duties of the priest and how they were to guide the spiritual life of the ancient Jews, he gave them the ultimate blessing to speak to his people. We found it in number six. What we read today, that blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. We know that the Hebrew word for peace, it's very familiar to us, is shalom. And it has a very rich and powerful meaning. And it is so much more than the absence of fighting. The true meaning, the true root of shalom reflects a safety, completeness, and wholeness. This is the peace brought by God with us. Jesus is our Prince of Shalom. It was foretold by Isaiah, a very familiar phrase with us, especially during this time of the year. For unto us a child is born, to un, for us a child is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace. There will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The Jews of Jesus' day wanted freedom. They were looking for a Messiah. They had lived under the iron rule of the Roman Empire and not by choice. They were a conquered people. But the Jews also understood and longed for shalom. It was a concept that was a fundamental part of their culture and spiritual life. This completeness and wholeness with God is what Jesus brought into and left in our world. It is the peace that calms our souls. It is the calm acceptance that it is well with my soul. This is the peace that we celebrate on this Advent Sunday. You know, near the end of Jesus' life, he spoke these words to his disciples shortly before he was arrested and crucified. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. 
I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Jesus knew what was coming. And he knew how difficult it would be for his disciples to understand it. So he gave them something different. He gave them a gift different from anything in our world. His peace is not given as the world gives. It is not a gift that we can be taken away, nor it is something we can create on our own. It is not the absence of pain, hurt, noise, violence, or uncertainty. For peace is a person. Peace is Jesus with us, the Prince of Peace. It is his assurance to his disciples that even the most hopeless situations he would be there with them. His peace and his presence was with them and us, no matter their circumstance. How peaceful has this Christmas season been for you? If I ask you to say words, you would probably say something like busy, hectic, frantic, uncertain, sad. But what has robbed you of that peace? What have you allowed to rob you of that peace? You name it, for many of us, peace seems a long way away. A good idea. A nice thought. Something that we talk about only during the holidays. Something that we long for during the holidays. And we ask, if only I could feel the peace of God with me. I assure you, Jesus shows up when the storms of life threaten our peace, our hope, and our joy. He is there when love seems lost, when the way forward is not clear. You know, we heard the story of the Sea of Galilee, one that is very familiar to us. When Mark cries out, Teacher, are you willing to let us perish? We're, we're perishing here. Get up. Do something. Because Jesus was asleep in the boat. And he just stands up, rebukes the wind, and says to the sea, Peace. Peace, be still. With just a command from Jesus, for just a command for peace, the storm calmed. The waves the wind no longer howled. The disciples sound a lot like us, though. When things aren't looking good for us, when we're 
are facing confusion, sadness, struggle, whatever it is, we cry out, don't you care that I am perishing? Do you not see me here? But trust me, God is always there. He is the God with us. He is always present. He sees beyond the waves and the winds of our circumstances. The power of his peace isn't diminished by our personal storms. But we can allow it to fill our hearts with calm and encourage us to turn to him. To allow him in. To focus on his faithfulness that is always with you. It is this presence of peace that we celebrate on our journey to the manger, our journey to Christmas. When we come to God through prayer, it changes us on the inside. And God's peace is able to bring a powerful transformation of our souls. No matter what you are anxious about, on this Sunday, no matter what you are worried about on this Sunday, bring it to God in prayer. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Shalom. Amen and amen. amen.